Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 10 of Licensed to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Kekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing this week? Welcome back. Uh, not bad, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Had a bit of a crazy week last week. It's cool, mm-hmm. though. Uh, yeah. It was, it was a bit crazy, but it is very cool. And that's what I have to say about that, Dave. <laughs> uh, today we're watching episode 10 of Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. It is called A Great Reversal, Bicycle Training. It was written not by the same guy. We got a new writer. I mean, it's not a new writer. He's new for Car Ranger. Mm-hmm. It's Hiroshi Sasoda, uh, who we know from, I think, every other season we've done, he's done episodes on. I th- he- Yeah, that, sound, that name sounds familiar. He was a he was a regular writer and I think sometimes a head writer of the show depending on what season it was, uh, but this is our first episode um, with a different writer and I'm kind of excited because uh, every other time it's been uh, Yoshio Urasawa and now we get to see what somebody else does with the group uh, and that's fun for me and hopefully for you the listener. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Its original air date was May 3rd, 1996, and I'm excited to talk to you about it, Dave. But of course, first, as always, before we get into that, uh, Shining in the Heavens, there are five stars. And what is our first star of the week, Dave? Man, our first star of the week, very exciting. And uh, Mark, can we get some music, please? Man, it's the Oscars. Yes, Dave, uh, all, all the five stars are out tonight. Oh, that was really good. You got that in one. Thank you, thank you. Just, I got it. First take, first try. (laughs) That was a great segue. So, uh, yeah, Matt, it's the Oscars. We just had, uh, I did not see the Oscars. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I know that it was because it was in the news and people talk about it because it's a large deal to many people. Mm Mm-hmm. I I watched 10 minutes of the red carpet, then went home and watched old episodes of Jeopardy on Netflix, because that's how I do. That, wow, man, that's, man, there's like a dozen, okay, Matt, you've presented me with a real conundrum, because like, I feel like there's three or four really solid dunks on, on that, and I'm not really sure what to take, so I'm just gonna let it sit, and you imagine them. They're Dave, all, they're um, they're loving though because I do love Jeopardy myself. I want you to know I reject all dunks. It was a great night. <laughs> um. So, anyways, Matt, this is pretty exciting. I've got some envelopes here, okay. and uh, let's just. I think I mailed you some as well, mm-hmm. so uh, we can just kind of take turns. So, what do we got first here? Uh, okay. So, Matt, the award for drumroll, please. The award for not nearly enough Hulk in this movie goes to uh, Avengers. Avengers, congratulations. You didn't have nearly enough Hulk in that movie. Yeah, I mean, okay, there were some good nominees for this category. There were some good nominees. Um, I mean, uh, there that also was, one was of not like, nearly enough Hulk in... This was That was one of six Marvel movies that came out this year, so I guess they were all nominated. They were, uh, but yeah, uh, Avengers, you won it. 
you didn't have nearly enough Hulk in that movie. What's wrong with you? Uh, Matt, what do you got? Uh, Dave, uh, for my first category here, I have, let's see. Oh, it's best movie going experience. Okay, so this is not best picture. This is the best time you had at the movies. Um, and let me see. I, I saw five movies this year, even though this was the year I had movie pass. Uh, <laughs> I did not do movie pass right, apparently. I, I, that's, that's another category that we're just gonna go past, like, who did the worst at MoviePass, Matt or MoviePass? Uh, we both did pretty bad this year at MoviePass. Well, you're still financially solvent, and I don't think MoviePass is, so I think That's they true. did it worse. I didn't have to send out a bunch of apology emails, so I guess MoviePass won that one. But Dave, it uh, looks like here, um, the winner is a midnight showing of Flash Gordon I saw at the Capitol. We, okay, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Congratulations, Midnight Showing of Flash Gordon that Matt saw at the Capitol. And, and I'm pretty sure I brought this up when this was a star before, the Uber ride that I got home from the theater was the guy who worked at the theater. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So what do we got, um, Dave? What do we got? What's, what is our see. next uh, let me, category? Let me check my envelope here. And... The winner for, uh, in the category of movie that made Dave go, oh, no way, the most times in my heart goes to Black Panther. Congratulations, Black Panther. Good job. Uh, Good job, There were, you know what, there were some really strong contenders this year. Uh, Like I said, Avengers, uh, Black Panther. Those were the two contenders. And, uh... Yeah, Black Panther pulled it out with a really strong lead. I just said, oh, no way, so many times uh, throughout that movie. Well, I mean, that I makes sense. I think the Academy really just had to had to recognize that. I mean, it they got their really finger on the pulse of the oh, no way vote, you know? Yeah. Uh, Matt, how about you? Okay, next category goes to, uh, let's see, this is... Oh, it's kids' movies whose song made Matt cry one time. And this goes to... Okay, yeah, yeah. This this one makes a lot of sense. This is Mary Poppins Returns. Oh, congratulations, Mary Poppins Returns. I didn't... I didn't actually... Is there, like... I mean, I guess I sort of just heard the anecdote, but... Uh... Oh, boy. I You, you just got to see the movie, Dave. There's a lot of stuff going on in that movie. Uh, and a lot of it is very emotional. Oh, nice. There's also good tunes. Uh, Mary Poppins also won the category for solid tunes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Which I guess Matt, is best sort of, musical. But. I was going to say, you've departed from the bit because I think that actually is a category. No, no. The best original song is a category. Solid tunes is definitely a Super <laughs> Sentai Brothers Oscar category. <laughs> Uh, do you get? Do you have anything else, Dave? Oh yeah. Um, let's see. In the category of movies that I had really wanted to see and didn't actually get a chance to, uh, oh, it's a tie: Ant Man and the Wasp, Mary Poppins Returns, and Bumblebee, and surprisingly, Aquaman. It's a four-way tie, Matt. This has never happened in the history of the Academy. I don't really know what we're gonna do. Wow. Uh, they'll just have to break up the Oscar into four pieces. That's, I tell you It'll what, be I, like, I it's going to be like the puzzle on Legends of the Hidden Temple. 
I think that was three pieces, but I get what you're saying. I was going to uh, sort of tag in with my vote for that to be the tiebreaker. Unfortunately, mine was Venom, which I wanted to see because I heard it was good, actually, but I never saw. Did did you? I heard that that movie existed and then literally nothing else. That was one of those movies that came out and I'm like, oh man, this looks dumb. And then I heard a lot of reviews that said like, okay, you're right. It is dumb, but it's actually so much fun. Okay, I'll check it out. And I, like I don't know exactly how movie. that's going to work, but like that is what made me want to go see it. It did not make me go see it, of course, but it made me want to. And that's enough. Um, so anyways, Matt, uh, congratulations to all of our winners. There's no swag and you don't actually get an Oscar. No, but it is an, um, it is an honor just to be nominated. It is. <laughs> uh, Dave, it? what just... is our second star of the week? So our second star of the week, it's Matt, a big is honor. Uh, this past, okay, this past weekend, uh, or I'm sorry, two weekends, yeah, no, last weekend, uh, my wife, Beth, had to go out of town to her brother's wedding, and I, it was just, for a number of factors, I just stayed home with the twins. And in a really lovely gesture, uh, you and producer Mark and friend of the show, Cody, all came out, hung out for the weekend, helped me watch these two wonderful children, uh, and then we just sort of like hung out and had a, a, a batch in it dad's weekend. Yeah. Uh, it was, only it two was of a us really are, lovely, are dads. It was a really lovely gesture. But it was. It was a really hey, lovely we're, we're thing. We're very that I lovely did. guys, Dave. You are. Listen, you're goofing, but it's genuinely true. Uh, so, we got a chance to play Gloomhaven, which I know I've talked about on the show before. But, um, Gloomhaven, if somehow you are not connected to this, um, Gloomhaven is basically a board game analog version of Gauntlet Legends. Like, it's a video game that someone... It's a Dungeons & Dragons video game that somebody has translated into a gigantic, enormously complicated board game. Right. It is even more gigantic and even more enormously complicated than Descent, which is kind of the same thing, but it is also better than Descent. It's dramatically better than Descent. Now, I say enormously complicated. It's enormously complicated because there's like a million pieces. The rules of the game themselves are not actually terribly complicated. Here's the crazy... Because I don't have any dunks on Gloomhaven. Like, I don't have funny jokes about it. It's just a fantastic game. Uh, the the only kind of funny thing about it is, like, the sheer maddening scope of it. It's gigantic. I think that box weighs a solid 25 pounds. Um, that game is so ridiculous that there is an entire... This is a company that just exists. They're called The Broken Token. And their entire market is that they make extremely good board game organizers that fit into the box of the board game itself. Because, like, you get a game and there's, like, a million pieces, right? And then the pieces uh-huh. don't have anywhere to go. And the broken token is like, we will sell you, for Gloomhaven, it's $100. Which, we will is that sell- more than the game? Oh, no, no, no. Gloomhaven is, like, 150 bucks or something. Okay. Um, but it's a substantial, like, the game is... Now down to 150. It was originally like 200 or something. But the Broken Token Organizer is $100. Man, I love the weird cottage industries that jump up around stuff. Like, 
I feel like this is not the same, obviously, but in the same vein as like a Mad Cat's controller, like a Mad Cat's turbo controller. No, it's it's exactly in the same vein. It's like this isn't official, but it's gonna do a thing that you want to interact with this other thing that you already have. Here's the okay. So here's the crazy thing because I was thinking about this uh, because, like I said, Gloomhaven is basically a video game that someone has turned into like an actual analog board game. And I was thinking to myself, like, man, it seems like somebody should have just made a video game of this by now, right? Mm-hmm. Like a Heroes of Might and Magic style that, like, somehow maybe I could play with my friends, right? Like we all would all log into a server and we could play Gloomhaven, and then we could have the fun of it, and it wouldn't have to spend like half an hour setting up and tearing down each board because like it takes forever because as I mentioned there's a million pieces and it turns out there as many digital uh as yeah as many digital is doing a video game of Gloomhaven oh really great this makes a ton of sense right you know it it does and I don't want to interrupt although I am that is what I'm doing right now um but I don't honestly know if that would be as fun I feel like if you don't like have all the little bits and bobs and like put all the cardboard maps together and have like the big world map that you're putting stickers on like that I think is kind of half the fun of a game like this. Okay, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think there's a space for it because I'd love to keep playing this game with like you and and Mark and Cody, but like obviously it's hard for us to get together. Here's the insane thing though. The video game doesn't have multiplayer. What? Yeah. This is like a solo video game where you just, you so you're just playing Gloomhaven by yourself, which like you can play, first you can play Gloomhaven by yourself. Like there's rules for it. But like, why? Why would you, why would you do that? Like it's so insane. And they said they're like, oh, we're putting in multiplayer like later. Like, my dude, multiplayer is, like, the prime function of this thing. Like, you don't have a game until you have multiplayer. And, like, I'm not a huge multiplayer guy, but, like, Gloomhaven is a very specific experience. Like, what are you doing? It's madness. That is wild. (laughs) Anyways, that's the only joke I have about it's not even a joke. This is like Seinfeldian style observational humor. Like, what's the deal with that? That's insane. Why would you possibly make this game and not automatically have, have multiplayer as like the core function of it? Uh anyways, Matt, what is our third star of the week? Dave, our third star of the week is um it's been a while since I've had one of these, but this is a commute update. <laughs> Commute update. Well, how about that, Matt? How's your commute been? Commute's been fine. Uh, cool. Little, little sub commute update. There was a billboard on uh, a uh, building in the warehouse district that I drive past on my way to work. Um, the billboard has been taken down and now you can see like what was originally painted on the wall, like back when people would paint advertisements on the brick wall of a building. Okay. That seems very cool. Actually. It is. But the old thing it's, uh, it says like special gold bond premium beer. So apparently there was a beer called gold bond at one point and that doesn't sound appetizing. (laughs) Um, 
The actual... Well, I'm sure it sounded fine at the time. Sure, sure, but time has not been kind to that name. Um, at least for, you know, things to consume and be refreshed by. Oh, yeah. It's uh, brewed by the Stang Brewing Company in Sandusky, Ohio. Ooh, Stang. Yeah. Stang, also not a word I associate with refreshment. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Dave, uh, the the other, the, the main commute update is that I recently, and I don't know how this happened, maybe I, like, whacked it with my, um like ice scraper when I was trying to get my car cleaned off in the morning. But I was driving down the road the other day on my way to work and that my, my back window was all salty and terrible. And so I tried to employ my rear wiper blade to get some washer fluid up on there. Okay. To wipe it off as one does. And I looked behind me and apparently the thing I had hit with my ice uh, scraper was the nozzle, like the tip of the nozzle for the wiper fluid. So the, the the wiper fluid pump works just fine. So it like squirts the fluid out, but there's nothing to like redirect it back at the window. And so when I use that thing now, it just shoots like a, it's like a squirt gun shooting out backwards from my car. <laughs> like I am driving like the world's so you're most doing, like, boring a, James Bond car. Like yeah, you have a James Bond car that just does like a very minor favor for whoever happens to be behind you. Right. If someone is tailgating me, I can make their windshield a little bit cleaner. Oh, so Matt, uh, just real quickly, if I can interject, if you would like to know more about the Stang Brewing Company, you can purchase the book Brewing Beer in the Buckeye State, Volume One. By Dr. Robert A. Musson. Now, Dave, how many volumes has Dr. Musson uh, put out there for the good people? You know, Matt, I'm not sure. This just says volume one. Uh, Well, on beerbooks.com, it's not in stock. So apparently, a hot seller. Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Just real quickly, Robert A. Musson... MD. Like, he is a doctor, but not of, like, history. So he's this not a just... doctor of beer. <laughs> no, this is just a physician who's really into beer. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, yeah, no, that's a very... That's a, ultimately, I think the world would be better if it had fewer people like James Bond and more people that just did, like... Small favors for people around them. Yeah. Although, uh, if you are interested in James Bond, uh, I think that that makes a better podcast watching James Bond movies than watching me squirt washer fluid on other people's cars. Check out. Yeah, Spectre I don't know Monthly. how much life that has as like an as a as a listening experience. What Matt is our fourth star of the week, Dave? Our fourth star of the week is that our sister is in town. Oh yes, yeah, from Japan. Hi, Katie. Yeah, she's not um, here right now. No, uh, but, you know, she'll she'll be around for another uh, little while. Um, and she has been sort of bouncing back and forth between your place and my place um, and visiting friends and stuff while she's uh, back in the States for a couple of weeks. As she is wont to do. And so for a while, she was a couple of days. She was at my place. And as uh, longtime listeners might remember, there was um, most of a year last year when she was living with me. Now... Yeah. Yeah, in between in between expatriations. Yeah. So she was coming back to my place. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. What do I have in the fridge? Do I have any food to like make dinner when she comes over? 
And I opened up the fridge, and I'm taking, uh, you know, taking stock of my inventory. Um, and I realized that, like, there are more than one thing in the fridge that have been there, like, in Tupperware, con- or, you know, like, in containers since she left. Like, food that she made. Not, like, a salad, but, you know, like, we had some, like, a leftover sauce from a thing that I had just, like shoved to the back of the refrigerator and so i she was on her way over i had already gotten a text from her so i had this like mad scramble to try to like empty out my fridge and like get rid of ancient like korean baking sauces and so forth um you know like and there's some stuff that's still good like there was a jar of lemon curd in there that i'm sure is still fine yeah that's probably okay now, I will say, Matt, you have sort of negated the, uh, I mean, you just told everybody. Oh, sure. I mean, listen, here's the thing. Once it's out of the fridge, I feel like that's, the bulk of the shame is the fact that, it, like, maybe I had just forgotten that it was there. Once I've, like, demonstrated some sort of, uh, like, self-awareness that this stuff was in the fridge and that I was able to, like manage it before someone arrived that got rid of most of my shame about the situation so now i got it okay so it's not that it it happened it's that you would have gotten caught that's the problem so you just kind of see this is some solid political pr matt the problem if you had gotten caught it would have been bad but if you're gonna get out in front of it and just let everybody know yeah hey man I, uh, I I almost double majored in political science. I was only a few course credits away. I know how to do this stuff. <laughs> Seriously, I was so close. Anyway, dude, you, sh- you really you should have just done it, Matt. <laughs> Anyways, there were there was genuinely not time for it. Uh, Anyways, Matt, what is our fifth? Congratulations on your fridge. Genuinely, uh, thank you. What is is that a congratulatory? Good job. Doing, I did the thing, Dave. Eventually, what most people would consider to be the bare minimum. <laughs> hey, man, listen. Good job. Eventually, is still good job. <laughs> what, Matt? Is our fifth star of the week? Uh, our fifth star of the week. Uh, this is not something I have jokes about. I'm just super excited, and we haven't talked about it yet. They're doing a remake of the original Game Boy Legend of Zelda game, uh, Link's Awakening. Oh, holy cats! I saw pictures of that. I'm very excited. I it's probably a- won't have time to play it, but Link's Awakening ruled. Link's Awakening did rule. It was like, it one is- of my favorite Legend of Zelda games. I played it It's a one ton of the best ones. As a kid. Like, it was fantastic. It's very possible that if you're listening to this podcast that that game is older than you are. Potentially. You don't even know how... Like, this is for the old, original Game Boy. Like, you couldn't yeah. play Link's Awakening at night without the... Like... Because it was impossible to, to see. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I... You should be very, very excited. This game rules. I'm extremely excited because Link's Awakening... That like the game cartridge for Link's Awakening is one of the very few things that I've ever just like one of the very few things that was valuable to me that I ever just like one hundred percent lost and I have no idea when it happened or how. Like it just disappeared one day and I never saw it again. And I've been heartbroken forever because it was like a Game Boy game. Like those aren't games that typically have been getting remade for stuff. 
So, you know, like, I could go back and play all the old NES and Super NES Legend of Zelda games, but, like, Link's Awakening is a game that I genuinely thought I was never going to get a chance to play before. And now that I do get a chance to play it and the remake looks very good, I'm super excited. There yeah, are no jokes um, about this. I'm just excited to yeah, use the rock feather again. genuinely filled with, with childlike glee. You get to jump over stuff and then sometimes there's a chomp chain, even though that's a Mario thing, but it's very good. Anyway, that game rules. Uh, you know what else rules, Dave? Car Ranger. We're going to watch episode 10. We're going to write down some notes about it. And we're going to come back here and talk about it after this sound effect. Okay, welcome back. Uh, so we've just finished watching episode 10. Uh, yeah, we sure did. It's exciting. Now we're in the double digits. Sort of really getting into the meat of the show. Um, On to the second writer, Dave... Did you love Why? this episode? Huh. I did. It was, yeah. It took me a second to sort of like wrap my head around where they were going with it. Um, it was a good one. It was a good one. So the episode starts off, as many of these episodes do, at Pegasus Motors. Mm-hmm. And we see Natsuki and Naoki, uh, uh, Racer Yellow or Yellow Racer and Blue Racer. And they're just sort of standing there. And they are exchanging what I would categorize as... Maybe tender glances? Meaningful, if nothing else. Meaningful. There you go. uh, There's some soft piano music playing in the background. And if it's not Eric Satie, it sounds like it. Ben, I tell you what. You know who loves Satie? It's me. Is the twins. Yeah, I mean like everybody. But oh yeah, they're super into it. Oh, Did Um, did I ever tell you I went to a museum that they made out of like his house? It's just like the museum of Satie. I think you did mention that. Super good. yeah. So anyways, uh, Naoki looks up and he says to Natsuki, he says, you look troubled. And she says, well, you know, I've always thought of you, Naoki, as a cute and nice guy. And as soon as she says this, everybody, it's like she says it into a microphone. Everybody hears it. Everybody stops what they're doing immediately and looks up because they are expecting some impending romance. Yes. However, they, they do not get it. No, because what Natsuki says, I'm sorry, Natsumi, not Natsuki. What Natsumi oh, says. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I misspoke and then I, well, I didn't misspoke. I wrote it down wrong on my notes for this entire episode, actually. What Natsumi says is, so, will you be my brother? <laughs> Which Car is not. Screech. Right. Which is not how that conversation normally goes. She's like, yeah, I, I always wanted a brother. Uh, you know, someone to, like, wrestle with and play samurai with. And, like, you seem like a cool guy. I could be your older sister. You could be my younger brother. This could be perfect for both of us. Because, obviously, this would be great for you, too. Right, Naoki? Right. So, Naoki imagines what it would be like. Uh, and he runs through a couple of scenarios. All of which just involve Natsumi beating him up basically I, like she's got him in wrestling holds she's hitting him with toy swords i do like that when he imagines what it would be like to wrestle natsumi it is uh she has him in a boston crab like it oh, is not yeah. just like a headlock it is like it's like a full-on thing and it so it's a submission maneuver Right, and natsumi is like yeah this will be great i just yeah i've decided we're just gonna do this Naoki is sort of trying to politely back away, Mm -hmm. 
but Natsumi is the Yellow Ranger, so it's not super easy to get away from her. Right, and she sort of, like, drags other people into it, and she says, like, hey, Dapu, don't you think we'd be good siblings? Come on, Dapu. And Dapu is actually pretty into the idea. Well, he's, he's like, oh. I feel like Dapu's kind of deflecting a little bit with this. Well, he says that this sort of sibling relationship, he's like, this would draw us, you know, this would draw you guys closer together as car rangers. I think it's a great idea. So, okay. We go from here to the moon. Not the moon. Uh, we uh, go Barbarian. to Barbarian, where Zanette is on an exercise bike. Um, theoretically exercising, else. but really just sort of like sashaying. Yeah, uh, she, she's doing that, and everybody else in the bar is just sort of, like, perving on her. Mm-hmm. Just sort of watching her work out. Well, everyone well, but one. I was going to say, everyone but LL Onene, the driving madness. Because <laughs> the driving she, madness, it's very good. Yeah, that's a fantastic title. So she is another, she's a Lady Bozok, and... She is, she's clearly bummed. She's just sort of like slumped in the corner. She's not having a good time. She's not entertained by watching Zanat uh, flounce. Mm -hmm. And so, (laughs) Resident Gynamo looks over. He's like, hey, what's with you? Like, are you, are you mad about something? She's like, no. Zanat walks over and she's like, well, are you just upset that you're not as beautiful as I am? And you'd like the secret? And LL Onedis is like, no. President Gynabo says, is it because you want to marry me? Because you can't. And she's like, no, absolutely no, not. No, that's not it. And then it's either she, Zelmoda or Grotch is like, oh, I know. You're just like angrily squirming in your seat over there. You got to pee, don't you? <laughs> As though it was not in her power to just go stand up and walk to the restroom. Well, they do explain where the restroom is. So maybe they think she's just anyways. So she's like, listen. What is the first rule of being a Bozoke? Like, what is being a member of the Reckless Driving Bozoke tribe all about? And Zomoda has a great answer. He's like, well, the first thing is, is you have to lose your license. Right. Like, once your license is suspended, and I was really hoping he was going to get to talk about it, because I am interested in the answer to this question. Uh, And so she says, and I'm not sure why this is her answer, but she says, no, the first rule is that you got to get more people to join. Because the more reckless drivers there are, the more fun it is. And we haven't been getting new members because we're stuck on this stupid planet. Like Earth, that is. Yeah. So she says, I, I'm going to do this myself. I, because apparently she is the former leader of the Bozok girl gang. So I don't know if that, I assume what that means is that there was a girl gang that has been like absorbed into the Bozok and she was the leader of that. Yeah, I think that would make sense. Or maybe she was sort of like a lieutenant of, you know. Uh, But yeah, she says, I'm going to take care of this myself. I'm going to head to Earth, like, catch you nerds later. Yeah. So we we go back down to Earth, and Natsumi is chasing Naoki around, just, like, trying to bully him into being her brother, which is not... Yeah, it's um, which It's not um, an effective tactic. Right. Well, in one way, I, I think is, you know, very indicative of a sort of certain sibling relationship. Not one that you or I or our sisters ever had, but... Um, right, but it's not the sort of sibling relationship that one seeks out. That's the sort of sibling re- relationship right. that one resists. Yeah, you're sort of stuck with that one. 
So as Naoki is running away, he hits a like a straight up wily e. coyote. It's just like a tripwire. Like he just runs into like she's yeah. standing behind LL Onene is standing behind a pillar. She sees him coming. She pulls a rope. It goes taut. He trips over it. She pops out and she puts a reckless driver headband on him, which uh, the reckless driver headband is basically the headband that Bolo Long wears in Bloodsport. Mm-hmm. If that helps. And, or I think, uh, you know, Daniel Sun wears one in Karate Kid. They're very similar. So he gets this reckless driver headband and his car ranger abilities provide zero protection. No. Well, I mean, he's uh, not transformed right now. So since it's, maybe if she tried to put it on his helmet, it would not work, but it's right on his head. And so, of course, he immediately becomes an evil member of the Bozuk girl gang. Um, yeah. He, she has a bike for him, ready to go. Yes. He is now wearing, like, a silk kimono over his clothes um, and uh, has the headband on. And you can tell that he is evil now and mind-controlled because he has heavy eye makeup. Yeah. So it's not actually – it's not a kimono. It's sort of like a short over jacket thing, which I only mentioned because I know there's another name for it. I don't know what the name is, but I do know that it's not a kimono. Anyways. Like, not this – not like a kimono kimono, but, like, if I were to, like – go to, like, the mall and buy, like, a, like a short silk robe, like, sort of flowy robe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like... A, I feel like they would be called a kimono, but it's a different thing. I know what you mean, though. Yeah, anyways, so uh, here's where we find out this wild thing, and I mentioned it just a second ago. Ella Lunene, it does not have a car. No. And the girl, the Bozik girl gang didn't have cars. They were a biker gang. And by biker, I don't mean motorcycle. Yeah. I mean, like, they just pedaled around. Uh, so, yeah. so, uh, LL Which is, like, the least intimidating vehicle possible. I mean, yeah, but when you get 50 of them all coming at you. Uh, so she summons her bicycle called the Meteor. And on, I mean, I, and on the f- I guess. Okay, Dave, here's the deal. I mean, she does do that thing. No, no, no. Sorry. Here's the thing. I'm just still on your previous comment. Like, if I were... If my money were to go on me in a car versus 50 people in a bicycle, on bicycles, like, I'm putting my money on cars. First of all, that's very reckless, and you should not do that. Second of all, they're not attacking cars. They're, like, they're, like, trampling people and driving down roads. Well, okay, yeah, good point, good point. Uh, But it doesn't matter what you think, Dave, because when she summons her bike, this, like, the decorations on the front front of her bike read as follows... Bozoke girl gang, no need for your opinion. I missed that. That's incredible. It's incredibly good. Oh man, that somebody should get that as a tattoo. I I, I stopped and rewound it just to make sure I had it right, and I did. No oh need gosh, for your that's opinion. So fantastic. Oh, I'm deeply sad that I missed that. Holy cats, that's good. Really t- puts uh, the whole episode in a new light, doesn't it? It really, it genuinely does. So, um, so we we get more of this. Uh, LLO Nene is running around recruiting people. Yeah. She recruits some ladies on bicycles. Uh, they do wear, it's not just heavy eye makeup. Like you, as soon as you become a member, you are wearing like rocker chick makeup. Yes, I'm the part of a girl uh, gang now. It's your part of the girl gang. It's fantastic. So uh, the Rangers arrive uh, because Elelunene with Na- Na- Naoki at her right hand is leading a-, a group of like 50 people on bicycles down the road. Now, they're chasing a crowd of more than 50 people 
not on bicycles. Now, to be fair, they are being led by a bozo. Like, there was a monster. Yeah, they are being led by a terrifying monster. Um, oh, by the way, LLO Nene has a great look. Like, she just looks like a monster version of the leader of a girl gang. Like, Yeah, she's just, yeah, she's like a biker girl, but she's a monster. It's great. So, um, well, so they're chasing all these people. The rangers arrive. Uh, we get maybe my favorite moment in Car Ranger 2D, mm-hmm. which is this. The bikes are coming. The rangers are like, what are we going to do? I think it's Kyosuke like turns and says like, I know. And he hits the, like, the call button to turn the light red. And then he turns back to the bike gang and says, well... Now what are you going to do? <laughs> he just like folds his arms in front of his chest like, I've solved this problem. Uh, they, of course, they're reckless. They're reckless drivers. They ignore the lights. And all the rangers seem genuinely stunned. Right. Like, how could this have happened? There was a red light. <laughs> they fight for traffic safety, Dave. They weren't prepared for this. Um, okay, so they're riding away. The rangers get back in their speeder machines and are chasing them down. But as Kyosuke gets up to Eleo Nene, he's like, hey, dude, uh, like you need to pull over. She refuses. He starts to race her, but she, on her bicycle, starts to pull ahead from him. Like He cannot keep pace in his speeder machine with her on her bicycle. Yeah, she is... She's like she's like a crazy good bicycle. Yeah. She's super super fast. And and uh, and just as he's starting to catch up, she like slips away. She gets through like a barrier where like a bike can pass through but a car can't, even a small yeah. car. Well, basic and then there's this whole extended chase scene where the rangers are all in their speeder machines in Nene, like they're driving around a city. And so in a city, there's a bunch of like architectural stuff that's there and it's designed specifically to keep cars out but and it does yeah so like they're sort of in this weird spot because when they're on the road like when they're in an open area she can slip past them because she's on a bike and they're in a car but then once they do that she's on a bike and they're on foot because they have to hop out and try to chase her so like they're going down alleys and they can't keep up with her because they had to leave their bikes on the other side. So there's this whole sequence. It's very good. So uh, she does eventually get away. And then we get a couple more shots of her having recruited a whole bunch of people. There's an amazing thing of like a preschool full of a preschool's worth of children on tricycles that are driving around, uh, like riding past a baby who is playing in like a sandbox, but they've all got the headbands and the makeup on. There are, there's another scene with a couple of children on unicycles. Uh, yeah, which I imagine they just had to go find, like, the Tokyo Unicycle Club because, like, unicyclists, not thick on the ground. Uh, and then there was a bunch of people on, like, miniature penny farthings? Okay, so it's a mini- it's a miniature penny farthing, uh-huh. but the whole, like, what's the point? Like, what's the point of having a miniature penny farthing? Like, the whole point of the penny farthing is that they're, like, absurdly large. Is that the point of a penny farthing? Well, man... Oh, I mean, now it is. I mean, like, when the penny farthing was invented, I imagine... 
I guess. Did you know you can actually still get penny farthings? This is like a thing. I think in like England, probably. Oh, dude. Any sort of ridiculous bike, I'm sure you can still get. Someone will sell it to you. Have you seen any penny farthings in Ohio City? I feel like if any place in Cleveland was likely to have penny farthings, it would be Ohio City. No, I've seen toll bikes, but I've never seen penny farthings. Okay. I feel like a toll bike is just a lazy penny farthing. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of effort that goes into, like, welding, like, a double or triple-decker bike together. But, uh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. So, anyways, um, why did, why would you even... You gotta be tall, man. You gotta get up there. I just gotta get up there, I guess. Uh, so, anyways, th- this is getting to be a problem, right? Yes. She is. She's succeeding in her plan. She's recruiting a lot of people into the Bozoak. So... We go back to Pegasus Motors, and the Rangers are like, well, we're genuinely not sure what to do about this. Because every time she goes into an alley, like we already said it, like she just gets away. Like She's faster than we are on our bike, but we don't have bikes. We've got cars, but, but what do? What are we going to... How do yeah. we solve this problem? So the, and uh, they're all talking Dapu's, about yeah, yeah. They're all talking about how to stop her. And Natsumi breaks in. And is like, whoa, have you forgotten my brother? Yeah. <laughs> I do like that she just has uh, absolutely refused to give up on this. And and they're trying to like sort of like move on a little bit. And she's like, listen, Naoki is one of us. This is not. We cannot just like abandon this family love is important and they're like oh yeah that's right family love's important uh so they they do refocus they don't come up with a plan because the next scene is just natsumi yeah. I mean, with wrenches i mean natsumi has a plan natsumi grabs a couple of wrenches and goes by herself to face down the entire gang which is yeah. amazing yeah, which A, is it's a great look because she's just standing there with like two large uh, adjustable wrenches. Again, this does, I feel like, like if I were to put money on person holding two large wrenches uh, standing on the ground versus person on a bicycle, I think my money is on wrenches. Well, again, this is 50 people on bicycles, though. They keep shouting about how there's like strength and safety in numbers. They do They do keep saying that. It seems weird that their slogan is safety in numbers because they're reckless drivers. But anyway, maybe they just mean safety like for themselves. Yeah. So, they, um, so all of them, like, I don't know, rev up their bicycles and start, like, riding towards her. And she... I, got, I mean... A big dust cloud gets kicked up. So, like, they're doing something. They're just... I... Oh, I assumed that Natsumi had done that somehow. No, I think that that's like the dust cloud is showing that she is being trampled by all these bikes. And she oh, is. Because what okay. happens is she stands her ground, all of them run towards her, and she sort of gets lost in this dust cloud. But as the dust clears, like she's lying on the ground and she has like tire treads on her face. But you can see that Naoki is also there, but his bike has been mostly disassembled. Because as they were driving through, she didn't use those wrenches to beat up the gang members. She was using them to very quickly, as he rode past, disassemble Malky's bike. Uh, which I love. she's an amazing we mechanic. Have... Right. Well, we have seen her. We've seen her do this before, uh, which is great. So she has done this. Uh, everybody is like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And they managed to get the, the headband off of Naoki. Mm-hmm. 
And he's like, oh, man, like, my butt is super sore. Like, my legs are about to die. I can't believe it. Like, I was on that bike pedaling so hard for so long. I am just like, I'm dead, man. I'm beat. This is it. Yeah, and they're sitting there trying to think, like, they're glad that he's back, but they're trying to think, how do we stop her? Like, how do we stop her? How are we ever going to be fast enough to catch her, but also agile enough to, like, you know, not lose her in the city? And Natsumi, like... She looks at the... She's holding the headband. She looks down at it. And then she looks at uh, Naoki trying to, like, work some life back into his thighs. And she's like, oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, Naoki, but I have the best idea. (laughs) Um, So she puts the headband back on him. He immediately transforms. And he just sort of starts, like, like, air pedaling. I guess well, he, he gets back on the frame. Of, oh, no, that was earlier when he got back on the frame of the disassembled bike. Yeah, he's just like sitting there trying to pedal a bike that does not exist. And Natsumi says, listen, this headband gives him like infinite stamina. He can just wear this headband and we can train him and like pump up his legs till they're super strong and then he can catch her. Yeah, now here's the thing, is he is tired after the headband comes off, so I don't know if it's so much as, like, it gives him infinite stamina so much as it stops him from feeling pain? Well, I mean, in video game terms, that's basically the same thing. Okay, yeah, that's actually, as soon as I said it, I was like, oh yeah, those are those are basically identical. Although, I, I, I will say to her benefit, I don't think that he's tired when he takes the headband off. I think that he's sore. And he's sore because he has been riding around a bike all day, but his legs are not beefed up enough to do it. So, like, he's not winded, but his legs are sore. So if he just does it enough, he'll never be tired. And then when he stops, his legs will be super strong. This is not something that makes sense. But within the logic of a show like Car Ranger, it makes enough sense. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's fair to say. So... Her plan, basically, is that she will use this to ultra-train him. So she, like, gets a wagon and attaches it to the back of his bicycle and then puts a huge weight in the wagon and gets in the wagon herself and is just, like, shouting at him to pedal faster and harder. Yeah, now, it should be noted that this whole time he is just trying to, like, rejoin the girl gang. Uh, He's just being constrained by this like 400 kilo weight that she's gotten a hold of. Um, So eventually they, they're riding around. They do run back into the girl gang. They find LLO Nene and right as Naoki is about to like rejoin the girl gang. Natsumi's like, ha! And she reaches forward and just like grabs the headband off of him. And like, now he's ready to go. Yes. He's done this incredible training. And now we're ready for the plan to be launched. So we cut to uh, Red Racer driving around in his speeder machine. This is sort of a repeat of something we'd seen earlier in the episode. He's trying to catch up with LLO Nene, and he can't do it. And then all of a sudden, from around the corner, comes Naoki on his bicycle. Now, he is not transformed. He is just, like, regular dude on his bike. But he is so fast. He's so good because he did the ultra training. So, like, now he can keep up. 
And LL Nene is shocked. She sees him. She's like, oh my gosh, you're magnificent. This is unbelievable. Let me see those thighs. Like, she just and cannot she believe of, that they are that beefy. Yeah, she sort of gropes him. She, like, reaches out. And now he is clearly like, deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, with, you know, reasonably. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that's a totally fine way to be. Um, so basically like they do a big bike race. Uh, there's nothing a lot exciting about to say it. I mean, they jump over a car at one point. They do Knight Rider style. Was that the turbo, the turbo boost in Knight Rider where he would just like leap from a flat surface? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Speed Racer did that same thing, but they at least had the decency to show you that there was like a spring-mounted panel on the bottom of, of the Mach 5 that would just like launch you up. Yeah, Kit so, did not have um, that much stuff going on underneath the hood. Or I mean, underneath Well, we the, don't know. We never saw. So, I didn't mean underneath the hood. I meant underneath the car. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I knew what you meant. So uh, basically, they, they do this big bike ride. Natsumi does kind of... Or I'm sorry, Naoki... Like, he wins, yeah. basically. He wins, and then uh, he, like, skids to a stop, and he looks at her and says, See what justice can do? Yeah, it's a good moment. Uh, then Natsumi arrives on a Vespa, and she's like, Hey, want to know how we did it? Like, here's our plan. We we hit you with your own pimp, uh, as the old funny internet video says. Yeah, now, if she had a Vespa this whole time, I feel like they could have solved this problem. <laughs> Well, you know, but yeah, but she could be... Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I was about to be like, well, they had speeder machines, but a Vespa is bike-shaped. Yeah. Um, so, I love that like, this episode would not have worked in any other season, because everybody else has motorcycles. But like because they have the speeder machines, they could do it in this episode, because bikes can go places that go-karts can't. So, but, um, but dirt bikes can go anywhere. They can. So they get into a fight. Uh, the Wumpers are there. Like, they yeah. fight. Oh. And this is a... May I, inter oh, yeah, may I interject one thing? Yeah, please when do. When Naoki and Natsumi... Uh, Natsumi. Natsumi uh, transform. LLO Nene is genuinely shocked because she had no idea that they were car rangers. Because when they first oh, encountered... Oh, yeah, I forgot about like, that. Like, when they encountered her, they weren't transformed. And so this whole time, like... They've just been people that she has seen around. Now, she should have put two and two together, but I really like that they, like, noticed that fact that, oh, yeah, like, this would be a weird moment for her. And then they beat up a bunch of Wumpers. Yeah, they beat up a bunch of Wumpers. Uh, the best part about it is that this is a, like, a Nauki-focused fight, and he is basically murdering people with the newly discovered power of his super legs. Yes, he kicks people so hard. At one point, Minoru does, uh, like, pick up a Wumper and, like, super throw him, like, two stories up into the top of a tree, which is great. It's not really, like, yeah. a focus of the fight. I just loved it, so I wanted to mention that. Uh, well, uh, so LLO Nene does have, she's got a weapon. It's just sort of like a beaten stick that he uh, just straight kicks in half, mm -hmm. which is pretty awesome. He, yes, he also does the thing where she like lunges at him with the her staff or sword or whatever it is, and he jumps up in the air and then like lands on top of it on one foot and then uses his other foot to kick her. So good. Yeah. So. Um... He does a hyper hairpin kick, which is his big super kick. 
Uh, LLO Nene's like, well, this fight's going poorly, and even though I prefer matcha green tea cake, I guess it's time for some emo yokan. So she eats the emo yokan. Uh, she goes giant. They summon uh, RV Robo. And everybody's sort of like, Naoki, you got this one? Like, you wanna, you wanna do the honors? And he's like, yes, I will use the legs I trained, which is not... That's not how robots it's, work. Yeah, if you train your own legs and then you get in a robot... Those robot legs are still the same robot legs that they were last yeah. week, but whatever. So, uh, but he does, he does all of like, he basically just repeats the fight that he already did using his giant robot. Like he even does a hyper hairpin kick. Uh, LLNN goes down and that's, that's basically it for There's her. There's a sword moment, but you, we all know how this is going. Yeah. So that's kind of the end of the episode. We get to the, like, we go back to the shop. Um, and Natsumi is, like, the episode ends with Natsumi still trying to, like, bully Naoki into being her family member, and him just sort of running away from her. Which is fun, but ultimately a little weird, because I don't think this is going to resolve itself, and probably by next week we're going to forget that it ever happened. Yeah, I think that's a pretty reasonable conjecture, Matt. Um... So that, that's the end of this episode, Dave, but it's not the end of our episode, because first, we need to determine where LLO Nene falls in the Creature Royale. And honestly, I think pretty high, especially yeah, as compared am... to Car Ranger Monsters. Yeah, I am pretty into LLO Nene. She's got a great look. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love her idea. I just like, I love the idea that she is the leader of a girl gang, uh, of mo- of bike riders, which I know I've been sort of goofing on her because she rides a bike, but you've got to be pretty hardcore to be a like a bicycle only member of the reckless driving tribe Bozok. Yeah. So okay, who I think currently our top Bozok is um, uh, Bibi Dampa, right? Yes, the Beethoven of the universe. The Beethoven of the Universe and B.B. Danpa comes in at spot number 59. I think she is significantly better than him. Yeah, B.B. Danpa was good, and he is the Beethoven of the Universe, but LLO Nene is the driving madness, and her bicycle, the Meteor, says, Bozo Girl Gang, no need for your opinion, right on it. So... Man, having stated that, I sort of don't feel okay about ranking her. Um, she does not need her opinion. We're going to do it anyways. You're right. So, BB Donpa's spot number 59. Now, here's the deal. Right after that, you're getting into some very, very good monsters. Okay. Um, I, I have, I think, a good starting point is uh, Kama Itachi, the Sickle Weasel. Because okay. they're both, like, cool monsters with, like... Interesting means of conveyance. If you all remember, he had a jetpack. Um, he did. Who also, like, mind control a bunch of people into joining their, like, gang. Right. And he actually also uses, like, a little patch. Yeah. So that even, that does work. So I, man, I love the idea of a flying weasel with sickle arms. But she's got a very good bicycle. The bicycle is extremely good. Uh, okay, now here's the thing. I think, actually, Kami Itachi is, is weirdly low on this list in my mind, actually. Um, 
I think once she gets past Kama Itachi, she kind of jumps up pretty significantly. Like, I like her better than Light Armadillo. I like her better than Bara Crusher. I think I like her better than Omukata the Football Centipede. Yeah, I mean, the Football Centipede, the Football Centipede was also an evil Santa. And I. I mean, that. Yeah, you can't discount that. But um, he didn't have a bicycle. He didn't. I think. I think once we start to hit, uh, like, Sarugami the Ninja Monkey... I was just going to say... I'm starting to slow down. I think Sarugami the Ninja Monkey is my ceiling. And my floor is Kama Atachi the Sickle Weasel. Okay, weirdly, I think weirdly, I right would... under Kama Atachi the Sickle Weasel is Karis the Zookeeper from uh, um, Jetman. And, Karis the and she was is... awesome. I don't know why she's this low on the list. Yeah, she's pretty rad. Um, there's a lot of really good monsters and a lot of really good episodes. I think I am going to put... I actually think I'm going to say right... I'm going to say underneath Barra Darts, actually. Okay. Yeah, Barra Darts is good. Barrage Arts was great, and it was a really fantastic jury episode. Yeah. And I just, I like jury better than Naoki. But this was a good episode, but I'm going to say right below Baradarts. Okay, so below Der- Baradarts, above Binbogami, um, I think that is a good spot that puts her at the new number 43. And that, Dave, is going to do it for another episode of Licensed Car Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out what we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Bros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you find the show, because uh, that will help other people find the show, and that will be great. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To find any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.